Hello and welcome to this episode 35 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Thursday the 8th of June 2017. This week is a first for the podcast because it features an interview not only with a magazine maker but also with the person who has to put up with all their magazine making at home. I was at the Byline Journalism Festival here in the UK on Sunday, speaking on a panel alongside some magazine makers, including Danielle Pender from Repost magazine. And I was having some lunch with her and her husband, Dan Ziglum, afterwards, when I realised that the stuff we were chatting about would make for a really interesting podcast episode. So I took out the microphone and we started to record. Repost, as I'm sure you know, is a brilliant magazine full of inspiring and extraordinary women. And this latest issue features a really striking topless photograph of breast cancer campaigner Erica Hart. And Daniel speaks about her decision to publish that on the cover and the enthusiastic reception it's received across the board. She also speaks about running Repost alongside her job with KK Outlets and bringing up her daughter Mazzy. And it was brilliant to have Dan there to reflect on the reality of life at home with an independent magazine maker, but also to hear from him as a creative entrepreneur himself, who's been through a lot of the stuff that Danielle is experiencing now. I should say for listeners outside the UK, we're at the end of a general election over here. In fact, as I record this, the polls will be closing in about half an hour. And way back at the start of the campaign, Theresa May, our current prime minister, appeared on a chat show called The One Show with her husband. And I only mention this now because when we're out in the woods the other day, having Danielle and her husband on the podcast made me think about that and refer to it. And I just wanted to make clear that that is probably the only thing that Danielle Pender has in common with Theresa May. So political squirming aside, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Danielle Pender and Dan Ziglum. Uh, so I'm here at the Byline Festival in the woods with Danielle Pender from Repost and her husband, Dan Ziglum. Hello, you two. Hello. Um, thank you for coming off to the woods with me. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's nice and sunny. Dappled sunshine. It is dappled sunshine. It's very nice. I feel like this is a bit like the Theresa May and her husband interview on The One Show. <laughs> Hopefully we won't be Woody. as dry as those two were. So that obviously will mean nothing for anyone outside the UK. I'll have to explain that in the introductory bits. Yeah. Uh, so this is a festival of journalism, which me and you, Danielle, have just been on a panel and yep. talking about stuff. And you've just got your new mag out pretty recently. Yes. How's that going? Really well. Um, so we launched in mid-May and um, yeah, it's issue eight. So we have uh, the usual text cover and then we have one uh, image cover which features um, Erica Hart who's a breast cancer warrior and sex educator and all-round badass. Um, and yeah, we've got lots of interesting stuff. So we've got five interviews um, with Molly Goddard, Dana Luxemburg, Farshid Musavi, Roxana Begum who's a, a Muslim kickboxer, Farshid's an architect and um, and then the fifth one is with Erica Hart and then loads of interesting features that look at a broad range of stuff so we've got something on uh, Islam and feminism something about men and masculinity 
um, we've got something on self-care as warfare and loads of a sort of broader range and sort of meatier and we've really um, paid attention to the commissioning for this issue as usual but sort of tried to amp it up a little bit. And what, what's the response been to that cover because uh, for anyone who's not seen it it's a very striking cover that you've got there. Yeah to be fair it was we were really nervous about it because it's quite a bold statement and we didn't want it to seem like um, we were just doing it to be controversial um, because it it has come from like a really good place of trying to challenge the norm and sort of start a conversation but that's how Erica so she uh, we came across it because she did this amazing speech at the women's march in Philadelphia and she did it sort of questioning what the women's march was for and who it was for and if it was for all women then it would have looked very different um, and she did it topless because she uses her body to draw attention to the fact that younger women have breast you know get breast cancer and she wants to start that conversation so when we sent it to Erica I sort of said how do you feel about this and she was just like yes go for it do it and yeah she was the only person that I was really bothered about so if she was happy then then we sort of went for it but it's been really yeah the response has been really positive and I mean <clears throat> are there any restrictions in terms of where you can put it because so this is a topless cover yeah yeah but I mean it's yeah, for anyone who hasn't seen it, so she had a double mastectomy and she doesn't have, she just has scar, scars on her breast, she doesn't have any nipples. So, weirdly, it's totally fine on Instagram because there's no nipples, which, yeah, is such a bizarre situation. Um, but no, we haven't had, in terms of stockists, everyone seems to be up for it and they've been sharing it on um, on social media and we haven't had, we did have some questions internally about, like, uh, yeah, le- the legals of sort of uh, where it would be allowed, but no, it's be- it's been it's been fine so far. And so this is obviously a very busy time for you because you've got a new issue out. You're promoting it. You're trying to make sure it's in all the places it needs to be. Yeah. Dan, we never hear the other side of this. So the person who's at home with, because you've got a little girl together. We as have well. a little daughter, Mazzy, who's two and a half. So, so a bundle of energy. Does that mean that this is now a, an extra busy time for you as well? Yeah, and I've kind of got some sympathy for what Danielle's doing because I run um, a business, uh, a design brand called Dead Good, and we design furniture and interior products. And we started from scratch ourselves over 10 years ago. So I can see Danielle's journey and how she's basically at the stage where, you know, it's getting established, it's growing, but there's still those growing pains. And so I hope I've got the sympathy um, <laughs> for Danielle most of the times. But, you know, I see the effort, what goes into it. I've been there myself and, you know, you have to, you know, it's sitting up until midnight um, doing those jobs, what no one else wants to do, but you've got to do them. You're, whether it's your accounts, whether it's emailing, chasing payments, you know, so it's that kind of what I call the shovel work, which no, nobody ever sees. So I see Daniel doing that, and yeah, it's it's, it's you know it's it's tough. And when you were doing your shovel work, you didn't have a little girl to think about. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, that obviously adds a different um, element uh, and makes it um, yeah, it makes it more tricky because you know I could be a lot more selfish. I could stay in the office till one in the morning, no one to you know ask what I'm doing, and yeah, I can see sometimes that comes with a bit of. Um, it can actually focus you more and I found having a, a small daughter focuses me more in my business because your time is so critical so you almost stop procrastinating as much and you know you can actually when you've got a, a window of three hours to do something you get it done as opposed to maybe looking on Instagram for four hours and then finally <laughs> getting you know your work done at the end of your little shift so I think it's got pros and 
um, yeah, disadvantages to it as well. I, I often I wonder whether I would have started stack if I hadn't started it when I did. So the like, because I think you just well you have so much more time when you don't have a kid yeah. around. You can stay later. You can work your weekends and stuff. Did, Ed, do you find that that's a consideration for you at the moment? Yeah, definitely. But it's weird because I. Uh, like Dan said, I sort of I don't have a lot of spare time, but I think now I'm in my 30s. Whereas if, when I was in my 20s, I used to go out loads. I had like yeah, we used to spend far too much time in bars <laughs> and going clubbing. So then, so I didn't ever feel like I had that much more time because I was either hungover or I was doing loads of stuff. So whatever spare time I do have now, I sort of I'm just a lot more um, focused and. Yeah, just get stuff done when I need to, and and actually, I don't go out as much. So having a business in the evening, it, it you know, otherwise I'd just be watching loads of Netflix, which is not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah, again, there's like there's pros and cons, but it's um, yeah, it's been interesting and it's been good. And I kind of having a kid has also made us more ambitious in a way because you have someone that you're responsible for so you want to make whatever you do in a success and so there's that drive that extra drive do you also have a feeling of because you're making a print magazine and i guess also because you're making so you're making furniture you're making a physical thing do you have a feeling of maybe in 10 years time she might be interested in seeing <laughs> this stuff that was going into the world when she was not really aware of what was happening yeah, she might think, she might not be that interested. <laughs> I do think, yeah, because however long we do the magazine for, hopefully for a long time, it's it's a good sort of snapshot of the time that she was a little girl and the issues, and I hope that she would be interested. And the same with your furniture. Yeah, like we can walk around some of the buildings we've maybe furnished, and that furniture, you know, our, our whole ethos is that it's going to last you know, hopefully 50, 100 years if people you know, look after it. So it would be nice to point out, Look what daddy did, but whether she's interested in that is a whole different <laughs> story. You sort of no, not in a way, don't you? So I mean, if she ever asked me what what career should I be, not the creative industry, go and become a lawyer, make yeah. some money, and do yeah, pay for my nursing <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you were saying, Daniel, in the in the panel, you you said that you're doing repost two days a week mm. now. So, like, what does a working week look like for you? I mean, that does it? I imagine that the intensity amps up around a time like this maybe you're spending more than two days a week at the moment on things yeah it's it uh, so i still do two days at kk outlet and i do repost around that and having mazzy so it's it kind of varies week to week but it definitely does ramp up and like i sleep less and get up at like four in the morning and uh work at weekends but also i think because it's got a cycle so each issue there's like a period of research there's a period of like procrastination there's a period of commissioning get and then just production and then so there's always like an end in sight so I don't mind it so much because at the end of it you there's a bit of adrenaline and then you know like we're going to go on holiday so then there's a bit of a break and I like I really like that cycle like I was chatting to someone uh, who works for a well-known creative blog and they had gone from print to that and they said the pace of online is a lot more um, intense and sort of it doesn't have that arc yeah. where you get to to sort of think a lot more so and you end up with a sausage factory as well you just got to well, crank exactly. that stuff out you got to get exactly. that stuff and you know that's again something that people talk about with print all the time of like if you're going to pay to print this thing 
you've got to make sure you're getting it right or as close to right as it can be yeah and because you look at we look at the lineup or the flat plan and you're like well that's just shit like who's gonna read that and <laughs> and sometimes we had um like Liv said she calls them toilet features like stuff you read on the toilet and you're like ha 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 but then I think there's definitely like you need a balance of the f- the light and the dark or the light and the heavier but again like if you're just gonna pu- publish like a load of you know I don't know yeah you, you've got to really think about it yeah yeah yeah. and so you so your other two days are at KK outlets yeah that must be helpful I mean the like just being involved with the way that they do their stuff you you're surrounded by really great creative material and really great productions the whole time yeah and to be fair they've been super supportive so Dave my my direct boss and Eric Kessels they they like uh, a lot of their employees to have side projects and I think they get it like you're not going to just go to work five days a week if you work full time and then if you're a creative person you do need that outlet so they've been great and yeah I like a lot of the way that they think about things has influenced how I do post and just questioning so they Eric hates advertising but works in advertising but he does it differently so it's like how can you do something that's uh, already out there but do it differently and how can you bring something new and speaking about bringing something new, was it two weeks ago you were at the Ace Hotel for not just a launch party, for like a whole day takeover with your own menu and talks all day and a party yeah. at night? Yes, it was good, fun, it was really good. Um, so we had uh, four different talks based on the content of the issue. So we had one on, uh, well, Stan's podcast recorded a live um, podcast. They looked at colorism. Then we had a thing on motherhood, um, a conversation about women and porn, which <laughs> the girl who was hosting it, Leanne Cloudsdale, so she interviewed Dr. Fiona Vera Gray, and she's a professor and she did the first mainstream study into women and porn. And so Leanne opened it up and stood up and said, ask the audience who masturbated to porn. And it was was like, that kind of set the tone. And there was like some sheepish hands went up. And um, But it was a good sort of look at like the grey areas around porn, which the feature looks at as well. Um, So it's not just like you're either for or against. It's like some people use it but don't really like it. And... And then we finished it with work and smart discussion, and then we had workshops, screen printing, collage, uh, club, and lots of drinks. So it was good, it was good, but th- that's the sort of like the live element of the magazine. We want people to come and experience it and get involved and meet each other because I think a lot of good conversations came out of that day between the readers, which was really nice. And do you also get to go and enjoy that? Unfortunately, I like to escape, basically, because going back to the earlier question of support and, you know, sympathy, the event side, and from my own experience, is the hardest side, the most work, you know, when, and when the events are coming up, is it, the stress level's definitely not chopper level, the, um, you know, the drinks get delivered from Tesco to our house with 50, 50 <laughs> bottles of soda water which drives me crazy <laughs> cluttering the kitchen there's boxes everywhere we live in amazing so the stairs is just every stair has a box on it so I kind of usually try and escape and go and see my mum for a few okay, days under the guise of childcare of course yeah I'm going to give you the space that you need to do this thing yeah I, events are so stressful aren't they? yeah they really are and sometimes yeah like the the launch day that felt like it was really worth it and I was really happy with how it all went but sometimes it's so much work for very little 
benefit or like you just wonder what's what's the point but i think on balance over the long run event vr cruise you always meet someone a few yeah. months later who said i went to your event and it was great and that kind of after you need a week to almost process it not think about doing an event ever again and then then slowly you kind of come yeah. back around and go well maybe we will plan another one because yeah. you, you were doing one a month weren't you yeah and yeah but we've kind of so we we're doing that all of last year and then we've done i think four this year but then then we didn't do one from like april and actually putting a lot of effort into the launch event paid off because it was really well thought out rather than like having one a month and you like feel like you have to bang them out and make it interesting and that comes with its own stress and so i think we're gonna do them less often but put a lot more effort into them which I think will be better for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it always strikes me that with a magazine, you can be that control freak. You can yeah. stay there until it's done and then it's finished. But with an event, you can put all the groundwork in. You can put a brilliant lineup together, fantastic location, and then it rains. Exactly. Or someone drops out, or your booze doesn't get delivered, or yeah, just loads of variables that you can't control. Yeah. Do you read the mag? I do actually. Can you write on the spot? uh, I actually read it last weekend. I got, um, unfortunately, I was in hospital for the weekend. Oh, no. um, And I managed to read the whole magazine. So, yeah, it was a a good opportunity to catch up on what my wife's doing. (laughs) (laughs) And so you must, in effect, know all of these stories before, because, I mean, there must be, like, the frustrations of that's not going how you want it. So, yeah, what is that experience like for you of reading a mag that you've lived with for the last... It's, I kind of, it's really nice because I do try and not look at the Proust and that kind of thing. And I like to see the finished kind of, the finished um, magazine. But obviously, yeah, I know the background, the detail, that how the interview went, whether it went badly, whether someone didn't turn up, whether the photographer in LA was flaky and, you know, so I get all the background and then I just see the effort, what goes into it and it kind of makes it more, yeah, it makes it more, for me, more valued and I'm really proud of what my wife does and it was a great article and one of my favourites, I'm, I'm very into Studio Ghibli at the minute and um, it was a great article about how um, a lot of Studio Ghibli's narratives is all about empowering women and having a different um, yeah a different way of looking at females within in, in films and animations as opposed to the Disney princess and that for me was a great article um, I really enjoyed reading that one yeah I, I watched my neighbor Totoro oh, with great film. Yeah, did it. It. and it was our first so I'd, I'd not shown him any Studio Ghibli stuff and he really enjoyed it. He was really puzzled by it. But halfway through, he said, Daddy, is it just not very good? And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then there was like a, a turn and then and he was straight boss. back in again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a rich vein to be uh, explored with that one. Definitely. And actually, it's good having Dan around because he's, what? 15 years into running a business and sometimes when I'm complaining about like the little things he's like you need to chill out about that because if you get worked up about every little thing you're going to lose your mind I think my card reader wasn't working or something one day and I was like ah it's like just it's not that big a deal calm down <laughs> yeah and it, but it is because I remember when we started my analogy is you just add noughts to the end as you get bigger so when we first got our ever first order it was 500 pound and it was we were celebrating until you know all weekend from his first order and now you know we had started over the years we had noughts and now you know we get a fifty thousand pound order and it's it's the same pressures it's just you're adding noughts on the end of things so you know your staff wage bill and your rent and all of that so i get even when you are smaller it it still matters and that 
that is important. And the big difference there is that when you're dealing with a business like that, which is growing in that way and showing profitability, so then you can bring investment into the business because it's worth someone putting that money in. And the trouble that I think you see with a lot of independent magazines is even if this goes really, really well, it is not going to be a business that is going to be interesting for an investor because it's just not. It's just not going to give someone 10 times what they put into it. Mm. So, the, so, the, so the question then is, how do you grow this thing that you've got and mm. take it to that level where you're not stressing about every other thing anymore because you've got people working with you on it? Yeah, I think in terms of business, like, yeah, an independent magazine's never going to make a lot of money, but it, it's what you do around that. So we've had conversations with loads of different brands about creating that dreaded word content like outside of the issues and I think that's so this summer we're going to launch a creative studio nice so it'll be the repost creative studio and it'll have the same ethos and aesthetic but we'll do we'll work with brands who we align with and create interesting pro, like creative projects and and then we'll have the events and the magazine will always be like the key thing like that we that everything revolves around but you know, there's other ways of bringing in money, and I think the creative studio will be key to to making some more. That is really exciting because yeah. you, you do those brand partnership things so well at the moment. It would be really good to see what you do, and actually, that's the focus. That's the main thing that you're doing. Yeah, and I think yeah, exactly, and it'll just enable us to to not have to not dilute the print product so that'll always be really strong and that'll always be key but then we won't have to dilute to make money so we can make money elsewhere and still have you know um our our ethos and our aims in the creative studio but we won't have to but we will we'll be able to sort of work with bigger brands and, and that kind of thing nice well that sounds very exciting yes very exciting <laughs> <laughs> all right good luck with that and thanks Thank you too you. for Thank having you a chat very much cheers thanks Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks again to Danielle and Dan for giving up a chunk of their Sunday to speak to me. And thanks also to the organisers of the Byline Festival for having us there in the first place. Apparently, they're going to be doing it all again next year, bigger and better, and I'm looking forward to being there. If you'd like to hear more conversations with independent magazine makers, search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or in iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And please follow us so we can deliver next week's episode direct to your phone as soon as it's ready. Thanks very much for listening and we'll be back with another episode next week.